0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. It's another edition of our Around the Clock with 24-7 Sports series. Uh, We've been loving this because we get to check in at programs all over the country with our insiders, with our boots on the ground. They know these teams. They know these rosters and these programs better than anyone else. Today, we are looking at the North Carolina Tar Heels. And that's why we've got Ross Martin from Inside Carolina. Ross, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to join us.
1: Hey Chip, I really appreciate it. You know, a long time listener, so it's great to join the podcast and talk some Tar Heels and what we expect to be a, a pretty exciting season with a Heisman candidate and tons of expectations for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels.
0: So the um, if you've been listening to these, you understand the format. We put 15 minutes on the clock, try to really dive into this. And uh, Bud Elliott mentioned this, I think it was last week on the Iowa State show. Uh, this is going to be a great opportunity. If you, North Carolina fan, first of all, if you don't haven't signed up for a VIP subscription to Inside Carolina, you're just doing it wrong. They got deals running all the time. Uh, make sure you go to, over to Inside Carolina. To check out how you can be a part of, the, of those message boards, getting all that good insight from the recruiting trail, from what things are going on football and basketball. But say you're a North Carolina fan that also is interested in uh, some of the biggest teams in the country, an Oregon, an Iowa State, uh, a Georgia. Well, you should go listen to those episodes of around the clock we're going to put them all in playlists on spotify we're going to put them in playlists on youtube youtube.com slash cover three so maybe put it in july listen to it in august this is gonna be great content for you to bookmark and come back to uh so we we've been excited to do it and now um ross if you're ready i'm gonna put 15 minutes on the clock let's dive in on the tar heels let's do it going to your biggest bowl game in 70 years or 1949 or whatever and the having the Huge wins against Miami, you know, having uh, a win against Virginia Tech, two uh, coastal division rivals, I I know it wasn't a division season, a a lot of excitement and momentum. You had one of the best offenses in the entire country. You had one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the entire country. Uh, Do you think that throughout the program and the fan base, that was uh, met and that is the way that they look back at the season? Or do you think the frustrations of the loss to Florida State and the loss to Virginia and how a 10-win team... Might have come out with eight wins uh probably stands out the most as we sit here to discuss it
1: yeah that's what i was going to say the loss to florida state and kind of the closing fourth quarter and the loss to virginia a very high scoring affair 44 41 those two stand out to me but i mean i think fans will will look back and this is kind of what you expected with the progression of mac brown at unc seven wins in his first year eight wins in a kind of a shortened weird COVID season and got to that big bowl game uh, in a weird way, but they they, they could have won two more games. It could have been, you know, a, a one loss team heading into Um, The bowl game against Texas A&M, they let two go against Florida State and Virginia, but a very explosive offense and which you would hope continues into next season. Um, And expectations are riding high. It's kind of a a fever here in Chapel Hill. The passion is coming back for UNC football. And when you have that quarterback like Sam Howe, which I'm sure we'll talk about, you can do a lot of things. So um, the trajectory is going up. And there's tons of hope for what this team can do if they can put some more things together and together, and kind of build on the recruiting blocks, which Coach Brown and his staff kind of established in, in 2019 and have kind of built each season to get the roster where it needs to be right now, heading to year three in 2021.
0: Sam Howell helps like mask any other concerns. Yeah. You know, North North Carolina football fans have always existed. There's always been a segment, you know, basketball is crazy. You know, everything, we understand that. But there have been some football diehards within the North Carolina fan base. Now some of the North Carolina casuals are starting to join them. And North Carolina casuals love this because they can just look at a quarterback. Sam Howell. Awesome. Heisman Trophy, ACC Championship, let's go. But below the surface, where are you looking? Like, is it uh, wide receivers? Uh, I think that, you know, you could look at Kaferi Brown. You could look at Josh Downs. Like, you can start to find some talent. Obviously, Bo Corrales is back. Um, the running back room, we got some influx from transfers. The offensive line, man, I'm, I'm like coin flip on how I feel about that group from game to game and day to day. So in the non-Sam Howell offensive division, what either has your attention for being really excited about it, or maybe being a little bit concerned about it?
1: Yeah, I think the concern starts with running back. There's just there's no names that have experience at UNC. They brought in transfer Ty Chandler from Tennessee, who has a lot of experience, four years in Knoxville. He expects to be you know the, the number one running back at UNC to replace Michael Carter and Javante Williams, who were, had one of the most incredible seasons for uh, for any running back in UNC history. They're both in NFL now. So Ty Chandler have a freshman they like in Caleb Hood, who makes the transition from quarterback, an in-state guy. I think he's going to be in the mix, kind of the top three running backs there. And then DJ Jones expects to be number three. We just don't know, though. We know Ty Chandler, and they like him, and they're they're very happy with what he did. But there's just question marks there. And it's going to be hard to replicate what Carter and Williams did. I mean, you saw them against Miami. They were incredible. And I don't think UNC is going to have that, that production this year. So you have to find ways to, you know, Get to average, get to above average at running back, and go from there. You mentioned the offensive line; they return all five starters. Now it was all five starters from probably I'd say a mediocre group. They had their they had their moments. They need to work on protecting Sam, and that's the the bread and butter. Uh, keep him upright. Sam Howe has to make some better decisions in terms of taking sacks, getting the ball out to uh, to running backs, sort or of the easier routes um, throw the ball away those are kind of things he's working on but you got to like you know that veteran experience the offensive line in the run game the continuity the chemistry you have some veterans who have three-year starters now brian anderson marcus mckeethan um joshua zudu those names those guys have played together now for three years so you have to like the experience at offensive line and then wide receivers i think there's a lot to like Wide receiver did use they did lose Diami brown he is a deep threat, one of the bestie threats in, uh, in UNC history. He's now with the Washington football team. So you have to replace that deep threat, which is the bread and butter of, uh, of Phil Longo's offense. But there's a lot of names. I mean, Josh Downs is the breakout name. Remember that name. He had a breakout game in the, um, in the Orange Bowl. He should be the guy. Bo Corrales, we know him and what he can do. He's back and healthy. And names like you mentioned, Coffrey Brown. Antoine green um, there's some young guys they like um, Emery Simmons has, has proven some things. So I think there's less concern at wide receiver and um, I think there's some excitement at wide receiver with what Josh Downs brings, but that group is really going to determine how well Sam hell Sam, how can play. I think um, you know, Obviously he's awesome, but you have to have good receivers as well. So if they can step up, I think that's important for, for his Heisman chances for UNC's chances. Because I think the running backs will be solid. I think if the wide receivers can kind of get to that above average elite level like they were last year, uh the sky's the limit for this offense because of that returning O line, because of how great Sam Howe is. Look, Sam Howe is the best quarterback in UNC football history. Period. And that's pretty that's incredible to see after two seasons. He's so um so accurate, so consistent. Can win. He gets better in the fourth quarter. So when you have that good quarterback, like you said, uh the team can do some special teams in the ACC. Special things in the ACC.
0: So his pass attempts per game went down, and and I guess you know you could say that. Yeah. Like we'll look at those two thousand yard rushers that yeah. you've got right beside you, but it to me that's the like I'm looking at Sam Howell and I'm saying if. If you want to live up to these expectations, you are going to have to do it. He is not going to be a system quarterback who uh, thrives just because Phil Longo is a, a great offensive mind and certainly one of the best assistant coaches in the ACC, one of the best coordinators in the ACC. But like, if he was throwing it around a good bit as a freshman, then his pass attempts per game went down as they were more run to set up the pass with the questions at the running back room and with even an offensive line that really needs to make sure that they come in the best shape and and ready to dominate, it it really might be some, we need Sam to carry a larger load along the way. Do you think he's – is he ready?
1: I think he can go out and win games. I mean, he's been doing that all along. You saw what he did against Miami in his freshman year coming back. I mean, he's had a bunch of fourth quarter comes back. I mean, he can do it. I mean, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Um, And I think they have the wide receivers to make that happen. Um, so they have all the, all the confidence in here. I mean, he, he is playing at a super elite level. They're going over NFL tape now. They're kind of beyond the, the college level. I mean, he's done – he started 25 games. You know, they're looking at NFL tape. They're looking at NFL coverages. They're getting him ready for the league and that uh, first-round draft pick selection, um, just fine-tuning things and, and enhancing his game and making him a better, more mobile guy. Um, and I think with wide receivers they have, they'll be – I think he'll be better than he's been. Um, you just hope that that running game kind of catches up to make that offense as balanced as it was last year because that's when it was so special, like you said, when Michael Carter and Javante Williams were, were trucking people and, and, and breaking off 25-yard runs. That's when UNC's offense really clicked with the balance there. So you, you kind of hope that that can happen again in, in 2021.
0: You've been um, on a topic that I've, I have I like and I, I've definitely been paying attention to uh, this offseason, which is, really trying to draw attention to the North Carolina secondary and just the pieces that are there. And they were a little bit banged up through last year. So we didn't always get to see everybody healthy at the same time. A player like Tony Grimes really played so much better late in the season when shocker, he should have been a senior in high school. It took him a little while to get his feet under him after the, you know, showing up a little bit late, but like is, do, do you think that North Carolina has one of the best secondaries in in the ACC? Like, what's, where are you setting this right now in terms of your expectations? Because that's something that uh, could be a really, really unique thing. And I don't know if we've, we've said individuals in the North Carolina secondary have been really good, but I don't know if as a unit, we've seen a group that on paper looks this good in a long time.
1: Yeah, I think the three corners they have in Kyler McMichael, a Clemson transfer who started last season, Storm Duck, who was injured last season but played really well, um, as a freshman, and then of course Tony Grimes, those three guys are gonna be vying for two spots, but they'll be in dime a lot. So I think you'll see them interchange, but but play together as well. And they're big; they're all above, you know, six foot, six one um Dre Bly has a type I think he has a, he likes his big corners which is surprising for for a, a short uh cornerback to dominate UNC um so I think cornerback they're set I mean they have those three guys and even if one guy gets injured or, or gets banged up they have some depth there with DeAndre Hollins um I think safety is a little bit more of a question they really like Jaquarius Conley mm-hmm. who made the move he's a big he was a freshman last year sophomore big guy from Havelock Havelock Jackson he's from the he's from the eastern part of the state I think Jacksonville um And he's a massive big, he's like 6'1", 6'2", 225, hard-hitting safety. Played nickelback last year because it was a little easier to learn. Moves to safety now because that's the most important position in Jay Bateman's defense. They make the most plays. They call the defense. They can come up and run support, which uh, he really likes to use, JQ, that way. And they have Trey Morrison back there. They have some experience. Um, There's some question marks with kind of moving guys around, but they have the bodies. And you're seeing that improvement in the recruitment that Mac Browns done. You're seeing these kind of high level four star, five star guys with Tony Grimes. Colleague Michael was a, a four star, um, and, and JQ Jacorius Conley. I mean, he was a high four star as well. You're seeing that elite kind of big body talent finally becoming sophomores and juniors, and, and with that talent, you have a better secondary. So I think everybody's really excited to see the growth in the defense this year, because um, that is the group that I think will be better. And if they are. Uh, better and live up to expectations, that's what's going to make UNC win those closer games and not let Virginia put 40 points on you, not let Florida State score whatever they scored against UNC last year. That's what's going to help UNC win games. They have the offense, and the offense will be kind of where it needs to be the defense making that step is going to be key for this team. And I think they're going to be a lot better Even because they only lost Chad He's a great guy, but uh, a great player. But they returned 10 starters and everyone's getting better. And the young guys are all getting better and more experienced.
0: Are they getting bigger? Have we seen the physical <laughs> development of those young guys who came in and like, you know, we're a little bit impressive. You know, we know that, um, I mean, we've even got some some freshmen that are, you know, getting all the fans excited. You know, Keyshawn Silver, everyone's wanting to talk yeah. about him. But like, the, do you see... For a North Carolina defense that at times, some, sometimes against like the best teams in the ACC, you can look a little small. Like, are, are, are we starting to see some changes in the recruitment? You're right, and having a tight, but then also in, in the strength and conditioning program and the way that they've been developing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian Hess. I mean, he, he's one of the most important guys for this team, the strength and conditioning coach, Brian Hess, there. I actually, when you, you asked me to come on the Cover Three podcast, did a little reporting. Went to a camp uh, last week, and, and I saw Keyshawn Silver and Javari Ritzy, the true freshman in person. They are massive. I mean, that's a huge upgrade in recruiting. Those guys look the part, even as freshmen, 6'5, 6'4. You know, they look kind of like skinny. You know, when your D line kind of looks skinny and athletic because they're so jacked and ripped. That's what those two guys are, but they won't play as much, uh, in year one. But from what I've heard, talking with sources and talking with different people around the program, um, yeah, you got a guy like miles Murphy, a true freshman last year. He missed the spring, um, coming in the COVID year has a full spring now, Looks apart. part. Um, you guys like Kevin Hester, who many fans won't know, but a big-body guy who's now in his third year at UNC. So, that, yeah, that recruiting, but then the development is huge. Tony Grimes, his biggest change has been his body, adding weight. Um, same with Ja'Corius Conley. So, the I think the defensive line, you're going to see the, the biggest increase in size and, and increase in athleticism. The big bodies there, finally getting to where they have the depth, they have enough players that can roll out and run those kind of like the two deep, which all defensive line coaches love to have to – you know be able to, to rush on, on third down and have all the depth they need there up front
0: so when you started to to break down the schedule and we've had some offshore wind totals from different places start to come out where you know we'll be doing our wind totals episodes in July where we start to you know make our official cover three predictions all along the way uh, have you have you set a number or a record <laughs> yet for your personal call
1: um, you know I think I think 10 wins is possible I mean you just want to go through it here chip Sure all right. Virginia Tech. I mean, I think that is w. the first game could, could be a win, right? One yep. win. Georgia State win. Virginia win. Georgia Tech win. Duke win. Florida State win. So I think it, whoa, whoa, can whoa, be. whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. Mack Brown's first career win against, against Florida, Florida State. State.
1: Yeah, you know, I listened to the Florida State uh, podcast with Bud, too, so I was kind of doing some uh, research there. I think they should win all those. I think yeah, they'll be they favored should. in all those. Yeah. Now, I think Virginia Tech is a little dicey. It's the first game, you know, the nerves for, for young players, and it's it's up in Blacksburg on a Friday of Labor Day weekend. It should be rocking there. But you expect them to win those six. Now, do they? This is UNC football. Five and one Maybe what happens. I think Miami is a huge game. They have Miami and then Notre Dame. Those are the two biggest games on the schedule. They they split those. I think that would be kind of that would be the ideal result. Now, can they go up to Notre Dame um, in South Bend on October 30th, Halloween weekend, and get a W? I, that would be incredible. It's gonna be a huge game. It's gonna be on national television. That's the big game to circle. But I think Miami Notre Dame back to back. They have a bye week in between, which is huge. Having the bye week between uh, playing the fight Fighting Irish is big. And then it's Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Wofford, and State. Um, on paper, those seem all winnable. Pittsburgh, maybe more of a, a toss-up up in uh, in Pittsburgh on a Thursday night.
0: On a, yeah, on a so, short week too. That's a, it's that uh, isn't it a wake yeah. to pit short week?
1: Yeah, and I you, think the wake game is the is the out of conference game too for for those uh, counting at home. So look, I think two losses w- would be maybe what you expect. I think I think one eleven and one would be would be incredible. Um, Ten and two nine and three uh, that that range but I think 10 and two is the safe bet. What, what are the win totals at chip
0: Like I think that uh, honey, we, we have hit our high, our time so I want to get one more one more overtime question in right now. So when it comes to uh, if North Carolina whether it's a nine and three or whether it's a 10 and two, if North Carolina can make it to Charlotte and they are staring down the Clemson Tigers, do you think that it is an achievement just getting there? Or do you think you want to see how the game plays out before you want to declare this like a successful meeting expectation season?
1: I think getting there, that's the goal. That's okay, the cool. thats a successful season, I think so. Um, I mean, it's Clemson. Look, I mean, I don't think UNC's at that level yet. Um, you know, I did play them 20 to. 21 to 20 in year one. But I think getting there is the goal. That's success in year three for Mac Brown. Build on that. Um, you know, winning 10 games would be huge. Winning you know, nine or 10 games, getting to 11 would be huge. Um, you're seeing the upward progression, as I said earlier. So I think getting the AC championship game and, and then see what happens against the Tigers, um, assuming, just to go ahead and assuming Clemson gets there. Would be uh, the, 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 a great season, considered success, and you, you build from there. And uh, it's all happening here in Chapel Hill under Mac Brown. And exciting, man. I mean, talking to friends and stuff, it's there's more excitement for UNC football than I've ever seen, having gone to UNC and, and covered the team for the last you know, nine, or, nine or 10 years.
0: Um, you, you weren't in there for, in the building for Judgment Day when like Florida State came and College Game Day was here back in uh, like 97, yeah, I think? Chip,
1: I, I grew up a Georgia Tech fan what a lot of people don't know that yeah my dad went to georgia tech uh growing up in greensboro you know you you know you cheer for unc and you cheer for you know wake down the road and you know a lot of duke fan friends but i was georgia tech fan but uh yeah i really didn't get into unc football until my brother uh went to carolina back in like 2000 2001
0: very cool all right i mean listen if you're if if you're cheering for georgia tech because your dad went there then that's going to get you way more cred in like elementary and middle school than just being like i like the gold and black you know like just that's choosing a right, right. team just for the color uh that he, 2000,
1: 2004 yellow jacket basketball team was awesome
0: luke shincher yeah big bird yeah, baby Schincher, ride uh, or die
1: dj elder
0: ishmael muhammad yeah Yeah. you can take it all the way uh he is ross martin you can follow him on twitter at ross martin underscore ic inside carolina is where you get all of the best north carolina football and basketball coverage go and sign up for their vip deal so that you can get full access to all the insider information ross thank you very much appreciate you